0: visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management
1: do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton.
0: Let me personally welcome you to Leadership Stars. As we said, it's where real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into their leadership will be interviewed on their journey and will share their views on all aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if it is a team of one right now. I am your host, Linda Patton, and I am an international speaker, an international best-selling author, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. Herding Cats really comes from my journey of stepping in, stepping up, and stepping out, and owning my leadership. And it teaches you the 12 key steps of leadership that I learned along that journey. Through Herding Cats, I guide leaders to uncover core strengths, to inspire with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. I have been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years in the military, in organizations, and for the last five years with Dare to Dream independently as a coach, mentor, and guide. So, this is the beginning of 2017, and you've created your vision for the year. And you know that just creating a vision is not enough, even when you do include all five senses in the description. To be powerful enough to inspire you all year long, that vision has to align with your passions, your direction, your values, and your destiny or you'll be distracted, you'll feel resistance, and you'll find yourself chasing bright, shiny objects all year long, not getting near your vision. And today I have someone who I highly respect and who has become a very dear friend and has coached me on interesting things like speaking in front of groups of people, Cynthia Stott. And we're going to explore what it really takes to have your vision so aligned and in tuned that it shapes your destiny. You'll know how to set the direction for your year in a way that keeps you focused on the future. So with that, let's welcome my guest, Cynthia Stott. Cynthia, it's great to have you.
2: Great to be here, Linda. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. And it's mutual respect. Absolutely. I just um, I love your approach to leadership, and even in just what you're, you're welcoming, us, welcoming us to the call, you said some amazing things, so thank
0: you. Oh, thank you so very much. Cynthia, I you have a varied background that has some very interesting aspects to it. Would you tell the audience just a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today?
2: Great. Awesome. So... <laughs> I have degrees in statistics and economics, and there was even a journey to get there. Mm, I bet. <laughs> Very unique and different from dyslexia and not being able to do algebra one in high school to um, majoring in statistics with. Uh, or levels of calculus, but that's another story. I then went on to, I fell in love with the Fed actually with my first economics class, and I went on to work at the Federal Reserve as an analyst and then as a consumer protection examiner focusing on discrimination law and the Community Reinvestment Act, which um, requires banks to reinvest into low and moderate income communities and individuals and families, and it's a real passion work for my, of mine, and I left all that um, with some reservation in July 2012, and I started a journey as an entrepreneur, first to bring non, uh, bank money to nonprofits serving low- and moderate-income individuals, and then I deepened into working with entrepreneurs, which is my huge passion now, helping them to tap into their heart and soul. These entrepreneurs are not what I call natural entrepreneurs. They didn't have lemonade stands when they were 10 years old. They are actually more resistant to the business model, but they have a passion, a burning desire and passion to bring their gift to the world and those who need it most. And so I really enjoy Supporting them to create a business out of that, and I'm now known as a global visibility expert and mentor, and help them share um, on social media in ways that Facebook can't hide your posts, and to grow their Twitter followers very deeply and quickly. And so I kind of have a varied background and I do, as you said, work with speakers to create their signature speech in very short segments of seven minutes with an offer, which I think makes it easy to share almost anywhere and to really get their message out into the world. That's what I'm about, helping bring their passions from the hobby zone into the living of their life where they actually make a living from it.
0: Cynthia, that's absolutely awesome. And I know that visibility and fame are the real keys to making the money that you're looking for in that vision that you um, developed for 2017. So, okay, let's start with what's your vision for 2017? Where are you going and what do you want to accomplish?
2: Thank you. And it's really formulating a deep connection with a small group. I've done broad groups. I've been kind of a business celebrity. People show up places, and they're like, Hi, Cynthia, so nice to see you. And I don't even recognize them, know who they are, because they're my Facebook friend or my Twitter follower. Mm -hmm. And that's great. And I also want to deepen in and take, really I'm looking for 10 women that really want to deepen into their passion work and make a business out of it, a six- and seven-figure business out of it, so they can really serve the world. And I'm deepening into both the inner work and the outer work because sometimes inner work, we have to absolutely have it. So key on that for myself and my people. But sometimes and usually the outer work when we have to show up on stage or we Mm. are being retweeted by, you know, impressions of four thousand and one and one tweet, it can shake everything up inside of us. And so having the outer work there to support the inner work and the inner work to support the outer work, that's where I'm really focused for myself and my people this year.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And, and I love the fact that, you know, you've been big and now you're you're, ho- you're also honing in on let's go deeper. Let's go and work on the inner game. And, and audience, that's so very important to be working not only on, you know, what am I doing out there in the world, but what am I doing within myself? And uh, I think that your passion is one of those things that can really help define your vision. Um, and so, Cynthia, how do you work with people in taking their passions, taking their values, taking their direction, and really creating a vision that supports them for the year?
2: Mm, that's a really good question. And my answer is a little unusual. Um, I'm a very, I work at the Federal Reserve, very left brain, very solid, very practical and I'm also very what some people might call woo woo. I yeah. channel your higher self, you know, yes. and I use crystals to, to help to balance. But these things are actually they're not woo. They're very connected with indigenous peoples. It's just in our in our current culture, we've kind of left that behind. It's like we've we've left the heart for the mind or we leave the heart the mind for the heart. But I'm all about integrating the heart and the mind into what I call the heart-mind. And so that's what I like to, to, to help people with, with their vision, because we can think about our vision and we can imagine and we can visualize, but when we really tap into that deepest part of our heart, it's amazing the information that comes through. And we're often surprised and actually terrified by it. <laughs> In fact, it's crazy about that. Would you, would you like to hear a story about that?
0: Um, real quick story, sure. That would be great.
2: I'll try to make it real quick. Um, so I had a client that we did one of these deep sessions of tapping into her heart and seeing where her vision should go and she saw herself. She was really transported to a future in front of two, three hundred people and she was making an offer for $50,000 at $50,000 wow. per person. And it scared her. And she was like, that's too much. And I said, wait a minute. Why don't you look at the audience? Because she could see her people. She could see her audience. And they were waving and they were excited to sign up. And then I had her do something miraculous. She actually read the offer sheet that she was delivering to them. And now she has that forevermore.
0: Oh, that's tremendous. I know we've done some uh, inner work as well, Cynthia. and. I think one of the things, I mean, I have a vision. Um, It it is a longer-term vision, and everything that I do leads towards that. And that, as you know, that's to stand on international stages with thousands of people in the the audience and to teach leadership to network distribution leaders. And with my center in Doorknock, Scotland, uh, for at least half the year. And, you know, moving towards that and really having a clear picture of that and, you know, having a a six-foot picture in my reception area that shows me every building that was in knock at the time that this thing was created has really helped myself to get clear on what is that vision and how do I make it happen. But what do you do with the people who have so many different passions, they have different directions, they have so many different ways that they could go that... It's difficult for them to choose just one vision to move forward. How do you work with them? Um,
2: I love working with those people. And they're actually, most of my my ideal clients that I work with, they have that. They have the bright, shiny object syndrome, and they have so many passions and expertise. They're actually all experts where they could wallpaper the wall with all of their certifications and trainings and degrees and i believe that passions there's actually a passion quilt that lies below the surface for all of us and our individual passions are mere threads that make up that quilt
0: ooh and for someone who quilts that's a very special metaphor for me because i do quilt and i understand that whole sense of be you know what's underneath not only what's on top and how it all pulls together, how you pull that sandwich together so that it becomes a beautiful piece that you can then travel through the threads that are there. I love when my quilter decides to do something special like put a butterfly in a garden quilt that I did um, put stars in one that was more of uh, an evening setting. And, I, and that just makes it really, really special because it's somewhat hidden, and yet it's very obvious that it's there. So that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I
2: have one more thing to add about mm-hmm. that, too. Yeah.
0: You could be using the same color in
2: two different quilts or even ten different quilts. Mm -hmm. But the pattern and the nuances of it, and especially if it's a different quilter, if you gave all the quilters the same colors, they would still come out to be unique and different.
0: That is so true. Um, You know, you go to a class... And you're given all the same pattern, uh, especially if you're doing some kind of a uh, a twelve block or whatever, and it's a year long class. And everyone does it slightly different. They use, they may use a, a different fabric, or they may put it together differently. And so everybody's quilt looks just slightly different, and very unique for that individual. And I think that's that's, you know, so powerful. Uh, you know, I think it's true of all the crafts. You know, you go to a uh, a painting class, and even though you're all learning exactly the same thing, everybody's picture is slightly different or majorly different, depending upon the individual, their skill, their their passion, their um, their direction, their destiny. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely, and that's the beauty is that if someone else is using the same colors, as it were, as you, maybe they're the mm-hmm. a photographer or they're a coach or whatever it is. They can never weave your patchwork. If it's truly the passion quilt that lies below the surface, which is uniquely you, as unique as your thumbprint.
0: Yes, very much so. Um, And, you know, Cynthia, you know my my program, The Art of Herding Cats, and you know that um, one of the things that, that I'm very passionate about is vision. It is the second step in my program, and it really leads all the other steps uh, except for the first one, which is defining leadership and what is it and what is it not. But vision is really the cornerstone of where you're coming from and where you're going. So it is that, you know, if you're doing a road trip, it's it's where you're going to land, where where the end point is. And then the goals are all those things that you get a chance to do on the road as you're getting there. Um, but it does give you that long-range look at, um, you know, where am I going, what am I going to accomplish, how am I going to overcome the resistance of wanting to do these things um, and the resistance that comes from shiny objects as well. Um, I know I do have a sort of the squirrel syndrome now and then, um, and that can make it um, very interesting in accomplishing the vision that you want to have each, each year and then the long-term um, lifetime vision of where you're going to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it might be. So, Cynthia, you do have one last thing to impart to our guests or our our audience before we go to break.
2: Well, and I would just say that when you're tapped into that passion quilt, that unique part of you that's your thumbprint message, it is that becomes a signature that's sent out to your ideal people because just like your passions, there are a unique set of people that you're meant to serve. I mean, almost like you're your soul tribe, for Mm -hmm. your business, that they are not only waiting for you, they're praying for you on knees and sometimes crying for your unique gift that you have to offer to them. And so when you can tap into that passion in your heart and to then tap into those people, they can be squealing with joy like my clients (laughs) people were to sign up for a $50,000 program. Like, wow. Okay, not that that be your first program, but that that's even possible because they're your people and they feel you, they hear you, they know, like, and trust you.
0: Right. I think that that acceptance that there are people out there who who are crying for you, they are your tribe, they're people who need your message is so very important, and the fact that, and the fact of getting over, getting around that resistance to, oh my god, nobody would pay me $50,000 to do what I do, and to be able to see that and recognize that you are worth that, and there are people out there who need what you have and are willing to pay whatever it takes to make it happen. So, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and see you back on the other side where we'll talk on destiny voice america women's
1: channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success linda patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead dream and create what inspires them Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power. Build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
2: Voice America Women's Channel. A leader in the
0: forward movement of women's success.
1: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with lynda.com now back to leadership stars
0: welcome back and i'm here with my guest a very special person in my life cynthia stott and it's so good to have her here and to really be delving deeply into vision and how it impacts not only what do you do this year but it can also impact your destiny your passions and all the aspects, the positive aspects of your business. So, Cynthia, um, you know, we talked about uh, having a vision, and I always talk about using the five senses to really get it grounded into your psyche and what you're doing that year. And so it is the thing that you're heading for in, in a year, five years, whatever it might be. And those five senses also get the reticular activating system moving so that the universe begins bringing you people. They bring they bring you ideas. They bring you opportunities. Um, and it's always out there looking for you as far as how does it look? How does it smell? How does it taste? What do you hear? And how do you feel when it it happens. So, Cynthia, in having developed a a vision like that, how do you align it with everything else in your life?
2: I think the aligning factor is actually what I call the inner yes. Your yes. Like, this is what I want. Because when we have a yes, because sometimes we have a bunch of different notes. In fact, one example is, and this has happened again and again with some of my clients, is they'll still complain. Okay, I did a teleseminar series and I only had six people on it. I said, okay, then do it again. Mm -hmm. Next time you may have 10 or 12 or 20. And soon you might actually have 50. And then they go, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Too many. Too many, I can't Uh. handle Now, keep in mind, this is a group program. This is a group call. So I actually don't understand. If you have an inner yes, how 50 could be too many, how 100 could could be too many. In fact, you could have 1,000 people on one call. And sure, you can't get to all of them and their questions, but how much better is that? And when someone asks a question or you work with someone, they're usually a proxy for many, many people listening. And so that's how I can test someone's inner yes. Now, sometimes, you know, you're not ready for a 1,000. But if you're not ready for 50 people to be on a group call, then you're mm-hmm. not really ready to even make six figures.
0: Okay. That, that's very in- interesting insight, um, li- listeners. The fact that a telesummit or a webinar or something that is strictly online there as you said there's no interaction and there are there are people who want to um, reduce that to narrow it down to set boundaries around it because they're afraid of being visible to that many people and I think you're right Cynthia I think it has to do with have you said yes to your vision have you said yes to your destiny um, have you said yes to what you're passionate about? And I know um, oftentimes we use body work to deter- to discern what is right. What is the yes? What is the no? And, uh, you know, I love using the body and asking that question of, is this what I should do? And then to see whether the body pushes you forward for a yes or pulls you back for a no, and we we actually did that in uh, a previous show, and it is it, it's so powerful to trust your gut in essence um, around where am I going? What am I doing? Can I? You know, am I really ready for 50 people in a in a, a tele summit room or? Do I still need to get around some uh, resistance that I have, some barriers that I have, some self-talk that says perhaps I'm not good enough for 50 people, that I can't possibly do that? And so I I think you're right, Cynthia. I think that that really pushes that envelope around, am I saying yes, or am I still unsure, and I'm letting other things get in the way of me being able to say yes.
2: Yes. And you know, part of my bio that I didn't share was that I had five strong phobias, four of which Mm. I now incorporate into my business and am paid for. It's my passion.
0: I love it. (laughs) And do you want to share with the audience which ones those are?
2: Sure. Absolutely. Well, one of my fears that 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 is that turned into somewhat of a passion, at least, was the fear of heights. I couldn't even approach the window in the Seattle Space Needle, and I've done a 17-story oh. bungee jump and loved it. Loved it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's the difference there. But um, I was a fear of public speaking was number one. My um, my nickname in college, my college speaking class was Miss Wiggles because my whole body shook and my lips quivered and I could barely get my words out. And I would not set foot in a Toastmasters meeting for 13 years because of this fear.
0: And aren't you now some relatively high muckety-muck in Toastmasters? And you've won some <laughs> fabulous awards from I them, suck. right? <laughs> yes.
2: yes, I'm a VP of of public relations for heart-to-heart Toastmasters. I've won countless speaker awards. I won the top district level for evaluations of a speech, and I just absolutely love to speak. I love to evaluate, and I, this is my comfort zone now, but it was not before. So, Mm -hmm. our fears can often be covering up our passions. That's why the Passion quilt. We can often be surprised because weaved in that passion quilt could be something that we're terrified of right now. Exactly. Because we're not, when we're in fear, we're not in who we really are because the truth is of who every single one of us are is that we are unstoppable. As mm-hmm. Rumi says, we are not the drop in the ocean, we are the drop that contains the ocean.
0: Ooh. That is so powerful. And Cynthia, you know my story and and the fact that at seven years old, I was told by my grandmother, who had a great deal of influence in my life, that I should never stand up in front of groups of people and talk. I just wasn't very good at that. And in school, you know, I didn't stand up voluntarily to do any kind of public speaking. I didn't take the course, nothing like that. But you know, you have to do things like do um, Chaucer in Old English, which is always very interesting. Uh, and then I was selected to be a recruiter for the military uh, and speak on stage to high school students. And of course, that's one of the hardest audiences in the world because they don't want to listen to you in the first place. So you have to be compelling and passionate and all that. And I honestly recruited twice as many students as the guys who were in my team. And I still said, no, 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 it's not me. You want to choose somebody else. And it really wasn't until I started being in a classroom and doing training that I sort of got over it and began to see that, indeed, I had a skill. I had a passion for being in front of groups of people of any size. And and my largest at the moment was a, uh, a room of 300 people when I expected 30. So you can imagine the, the chaos that it was the five minutes before we actually got started when I walked into the room and there are 300 people for an interactive program that all of a sudden became non-interactive. Um, so it was very, very interesting. And and now my big vision, as you know, is to stand on international stages and speak to thousands of people in the room. So I, I agree with you that you you can take your fears and really look at them as, hmm, perhaps this is a passion that I have and I can work through it. And you were very instrumental in helping me craft the seven minute Presentation. I was really great at you know doing hours or full days kinds of things, but seven minutes and try and get everything into that um, was really an interesting exercise. And you were um, the force that really made that happen. Um, You made
2: it happen. I was there to support (laughs) you. Love it.
0: Yes. Um, So okay, how do you know that the vision you selected? is really the right one for you?
2: Mm. That's a beautiful question. And it's (laughs) so funny. (laughs) How do you know your soulmate's your soulmate? How do you know the person you're supposed to marry is the one you're to marry? It's really the same question. Because Mm -hmm. in essence, you're marrying your vision. And so Mm. if, Whenever your vision speaks to you, your heart flutters. Maybe you're still terrified <laughs> to get married <laughs> to that soulmate, but yes. your heart flutters and you feel that this is the one I really want to be with forever. And it's the same way with your vision. And so many of us, just like in marriage, we settle. We settle for it's just okay. Yeah. You know, I can, I can handle living with this one forever. But if you can just handle your vision, it's not your vision. If you're terrified, if you're shaking in your boots and you're excited at the same time, that's your vision. That's your mission. That's something that no one else can do like you do.
0: Oh, that is so powerful, Cynthia. And Yeah, I I so agree that um, people settle for their partners oftentimes. I I can't tell you how many people I know who say, well, I I have to marry him or her. Uh, We've been together for eight, ten years and I will have wasted that time if I don't marry him or her. And yet, so often, once it's Codified and, you know, now it's recognized as an institution. The whole thing sort of falls apart. It's like the person that you've been with changes. Um, they uh, they stop courting you. They start doing the fun things that you did before you were married and. And you become this stodgy old married couple at you know twenty one, um, and I I, I don't understand you know and I sort of don't understand how how did you not see that before? And I would ask you that question if if indeed the vision that you're settling on, how did you not see that it's not the one the destiny that you are supposed to have?
2: And I think that often comes from someone else deciding for you, whether it's, it's a coach, because I've seen that time and time again. Oh, my goodness. So many people come to me with their mentors and their coach. Well, they say, I have to do this. No, <laughs> absolutely not. You don't have to do what you don't want to do. Now, if you're not doing it because you're afraid, that's different than if you're not doing it because you don't want to do it. That's not how mm-hmm. you want to do it. And so, and this can happen with careers as well, not as entrepreneurs. I work mostly with entrepreneurs, but in, I, I had a friend, actually, and I said, you know, it's really surprised, I was just chatting with her, and, and, and where I used to work, I mean, I fell in love with the Fed, and I said, I want to work there. But actually, a lot of people just fell into the Fed, and mm-hmm. then they liked it, and they, you know, kept going with it, but they weren't passionate like I was about it. And I said, I'm really surprised that people could stay in a career for 30 years and not be passionate. Mm, and so so this woman, was she was a PhD in cell and molecular biology. She'd worked at Stanford. I mean, just amazing woman. She was now going off to get her MBA in like venture capitalism so she could work on clean energy with her, her, her bio, you know, bio mm-hmm. feedback. Background, you know, having the PhD and everything. And she's going off to do this and she goes, Well, that's exactly what happened to me. I said, What do you mean? She said, I'm not really passionate about science.
0: I'm like, What? Well, Cynthia, we have a caller who would like to ask a question. And I believe it's Carolyn C.J. Jones. C.J., what would you like to ask? Hi, Linda. Hi, Cynthia. Hi. Hi, Good to have you on
3: the call. Yeah, thank you. I um, am enjoying listening to you women. And it's a very timely topic, actually, for me, which doubles my interest in it, because I've taken a different tack in my career and what I'm focusing on and who I'm focusing on. And I feel that passion that you're describing, Cynthia. I feel that vision, that I have a vision and it feels right for me. But here's my question. Here's my question. Okay. I have forms I have to, well, proposals I have to write. And within that proposal are various segments of it. And I keep reverting back to doing that, and I'm wondering if that's a shiny syndrome, shiny object syndrome for me, Or maybe the question should be, how do you know when you are going off and paying attention to the shiny objects and getting off track with your vision?
0: Cynthia, I'm going to let you start on this.
2: Mm, that's beautiful. And I love the word "proposal. And that's going to bring us back to marriage.
3: So Mm -hmm. a marriage
2: proposal,
3: Uh you
2: have to know that person, really know them and understand not only why you love them and and want to be with them, but also why they might want to be with you. You have to understand them. There has to be a level of trust. Otherwise, that proposal is going to be turned down flat. (laughs) <laughs> right.
0: Mhm. Oh yeah. right. Well, and I, I would also say uh, Cynthia, or not Cynthia, um, CJ and Cynthia, um, is the proposal to do the work that you now have a passion for, Or is it a proposal to do the work you used to do? because there will always be you know the, the the masculine side and the and the forms and all of that that you need to do in order to realize the feminine side of the vision the question is, is are those forms are those proposals supporting and driving your new passion or are they still driving your old work
3: yes they're they're actually driving my new work
0: then they're important.
3: Yes. yes. Okay?
0: And, and as long as you can continue to focus on this is the new work, this is the new vision, this is the new passion, this is my destiny, then doing the masculine organization and the writing and all of that is important to realizing that vision. Okay. You agree
2: Absolutely. Something? Absolutely. But what band what I'd like to share here is that before the proposal you need some courting.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: that will make your post so much easier. It will come out so easy because you'll know them and you'll you'll help have a relationship with them. So that would be my suggestion if you're getting caught up in the in in, in the nuts and bolts of the proposals. Kind of like someone on the first date or maybe the fifth date trying to craft their proposal, it won't come as nicely as if mm-hmm. they just get to know them better and then at the right time, it will, it will, will pop out naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be like a, like a marriage proposal. Sometimes it is on a special trip or everything. Or it could be like my, my, my husband. I mean, he, he just said, Chuck it, and he, he proposed to me <laughs> Before Christmas, before he was going to do it in front of everybody and all this big thing, I was in my flannel pajamas, okay? (laughs) Very unsexy, un, you know, proposal like. And he got down on one knee and proposed. And what I knew from that was if he could propose to me in my flannel pajamas, he truly loved me.
0: And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back
1: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america let leadership expert linda patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
0: Voice America Women. Your passion starts here.
1: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
0: Welcome back. And we were just um, discussing proposals and relationships and courting when you're in your passion. And we had a question from the audience from uh, Carolyn C.J. Jones. Carolyn, are you back? Yes. Okay, great. I want to make sure that we've we've got closure on um, your question. And Cynthia had a, another um, insight that I think she'd like to share with you as well. Cynthia? Okay, thank great. you. Mm-hmm.
2: Great. So it's about that pacing of it, about the um, making sure that you're ready for the proposal and they're ready for the proposal. and And when you're in that flow of it, the proposal and the writing of it, should actually come out more easily. Uh, Not that it's going to be done in the first draft, but but you won't have as much resistance. And then you can do your draft from a free-flowing place.
0: And Cynthia, you and I also talked about, you know, sometimes getting even a marriage proposal, or in this case, a proposal to do work, before it's ready before the relationship is such that the proposal makes sense. And I think that's when women often, t- you know, they're asked to be married. Or, and, you know, you look at them and you go, are you crazy? We don't, we don't even know each other. We, we've been together, what, two hours and you're asking me to marry you? You know, so the sense of building that relationship and really recognizing when it's right for both parties and that they're ready for that proposal, as you said, Cynthia, uh, the writing of the proposal will be so much easier and it will flow because you know so much about the other party and exactly what they need and how you can support them that the proposal will be just right, uh, even with edits you know, after the first first run through it. So Cynthia, does that help you with your shiny object question?
3: Yes, very much so. Thank you, ladies.
0: Okay, and thank you, CJ, for being on the show.
3: Yes, thank
0: Cynthia. you, CJ. Okay. Thank you, Cynthia. Bye. Bye. Cynthia, I did have uh, one sort of interesting question, I think. You know, at the beginning of the year, people said all sorts of things. They said what they call goals for the year. They set wishes. They set resolutions. And, of course, we all know what happens to resolutions, you know, especially the one to the gym. You know, I'm going to lose 15 pounds, and I'm going to be stronger, and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, 24-hour fitness and all the other gyms, you know, are jam-packed with people for probably the first two weeks of January. And then after that, you could probably shoot a cannon through the exercise facility, and you wouldn't hit a soul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so box, right. <laughs> w- how do we not set a resolution and we truly set a vision of where we want to be? I think it's
2: about tapping into that heart mind I was talking about, where you have mm-hmm. the balance of of the mind with mm-hmm. the Sort of the structure, but it's really coming from your heart and being holding that vision not so tightly. It's kind of like I, I, it's interesting going back back to the marriage proposal thing. Mm-hmm. If you hold the vision of we're going to get married and it's going to be this way, and we're going to have a picket white picket fence, and we're going to have two point three children, and we're going to have a dog <laughs> and a cat, or whatever, you know, you get just lost in the details. And yes. if you if you can hold it more that I really love this person and I love spending time with him or her, and to really hold that that this is what I, this is how I feel this is what I'm experiencing, without so much the details because here's the thing about vision when we allow our heart to hold our vision instead of our head, the vision often deepens and broadens and becomes something we never even expected and sometimes scares us mm-hmm. at first, and then we deepen into it. Because really, if your vision doesn't scare you a little bit, it's, it's, it's not a vision. Plain and
0: simple. Yeah, I would so agree with that. I mean, the, the thought of standing in front of thousands of people and sharing leadership, um, you do, I, I do have that sense of, ooh, me? You really think so? Um, and, and even living in Doorknock, Scotland, you know, it's traveling back and forth and where we're going to live and how we're going and I don't want to go into those details. I want to see it as the big picture. This is where we're going. Um, the details will come as we get closer um, as, and we make decisions together. Um, My husband and I have, I mean, we've been together for 43 years, and we've made all of our decisions, when to have kids, when to buy a house, you know, all of that together when the timing was right. And I think that's, that's very important in vision setting and realization. I wanted you to share here, too, is you have a free gift for our audience, and I would love you to do a quick share on that.
2: Oh, great. Well, that was just an example of our inner yes. When we have a true inner yes, we make things happen no matter what. So mm-hmm. hanging in, being there. Awesome. And we've been talking about destiny. And so the free gift I have is called Global Empowerment Summit. Shape your destiny. And I've interviewed over 35 empowerment experts that are just, I mean, wow. These interviews are so so heartfelt and touching that Mm -hmm. many times I ended in, in tears myself, just really heart pouring out. And they always share a tip where you can move forward now to shape your own destiny. So it's a beautiful time to have it as we're starting 2017. And so I would love to share that with your listeners.
0: Terrific, and thank you so very much. And the link to that gift is on Um, My Leadership Stars website, and you can click on that and um, pick up these absolutely phenomenal uh, interviews. And I've listened to several of them and are just, as you said, in awe of these women and their tips. And I think they're really uh, serving your tribe, Cynthia. And sort of tagging on to that, um, you talked about, you know, how uh, you know, we're working on destiny and this kind of thing, so how can vision shape your destiny, or is it the other way around? Does your destiny shape your vision? Which way does
2: it <laughs> I think it's both, a yin and a yang. <laughs> yes. The vision shapes the destiny, and the destiny shapes the vision, and I think my inner wisdom child, Cindy Sue, that aspect of myself that's childlike, and full of wisdom, she says it this way, because I asked her one time, where are we going to end up with all of this? And she says, I honestly don't know, because every time you make a higher choice, more levels and opportunities of the destiny open up. Mm-hmm. So, That's shaping really your vision shapes your destiny, and then your destiny will shape your vision. It really is yin and yang following each other.
0: Your vision? yeah uh, and i think uh, i know i've done some inner work on on the subconscious and you know the whole concept of as you change that you change what's going on underneath it changes the outward uh, aspect of you as well. So it can change your world as well as what you're doing, where you're doing it, who you're doing it with, and all of that. And I think it's interesting, Cynthia, that you have made a shift in your tribe a bit as well. You said that you're going from, um, you know, working with the masses, you know, many, many, many people in your tribe to working with just 10 Um, fabulous women who want to have that deeper connection to their vision, to their destiny, to their passions, and to deepen that. So tell us just just real quickly uh, a little bit about the new program, and we have just a few minutes left.
2: Yeah, so it's the inside and the outside, and my vision for this is that the pilot program is 10 women, because it's like that hundredth monkey syndrome, you know, where the, the monkeys, you know, learned how to, how to wash their sweet potatoes in the ocean and it was more tasty. And they found that once there was a hundred monkeys doing this, monkeys on other islands that could have no communication, they couldn't see it, they couldn't hear it, they couldn't experience it, started doing the same thing. And so these ten women will be a prototype, as it were, when they really deepen into their passion and they'll strengthen their inner yes, Others that come into the program later on will be mentored by them and will more easily say yes to their inner yearnings and calling.
0: Wow. So I I can see where your vision has definitely shaped your life and your work. Do you have one final tip for the people in our audience? Listen to your heart,
2: to the yearnings of your heart. And desire and yearning, oftentimes people think that comes from ego or that big visions come from ego, to speak on stages to thousands of people. But actually our ego, in the sense that I know of it, usually tries to keep us small and safe. So tapping, mm-hmm. if we're, we're wanting to speak on large stages so that we look good, that's ego, but if you're wanting to, to be on large stages so that you can serve more people and make a true difference in this world, that is a passion, a vision, and a calling coming from your heart and soul. So I just say put your hands on your heart, feet on the floor, take a few breaths, and ask your heart, what is it that you want
0: to do? Thank you, Cynthia. And so, audience, take a deep breath and let it out hold your hands to your heart and ask yourself that question what is it that i am meant to do what is my destiny where are my passions and how and then you can go to your brain and ask and how will that all happen so it's the what why how of creating a vision that will carry you through 2017 and beyond. And I think that's so very, very important to get it set now, not necessarily in concrete, but set in the way that you can realize it, can set goals, and can make it happen for yourself, for your family, for your tribe, and for the world. And on that note, I'd like to thank Cynthia Stott for her phenomenal insight into vision and the inner game of setting that vision, making it happen. And Cynthia, so thank you one more time for being here and for being such a resource for my community and my tribe. Oh, and on that note, thank, oh,
2: thank you so much, Linda. It's been a real pleasure.
0: On that note, um, we will say goodbye for this week and remember that Leadership Stars is on every Monday at 10 o'clock Pacific time. Thank you so much and build that vision strong and vibrantly, boldly and unapologetically and we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars.